sir. This is episode nine of the Purely Pigskin podcast. I am your host, Pete Noyd, and I am thrilled today to welcome my friend and fellow podcaster, Alex McLeod, to the podcast to discuss the AFC East in what will be our final division preview before we head on to the season, which is fast approaching. Alex is a good friend and host of the That Sports podcast that you can find on all major platforms. Alex, thanks for coming on with me, buddy. How you doing? Hey, Pete. Good to be here. I'm doing great. Great to be on another podcast. You came on my podcast with my crew um, on That Sports podcast, I don't know, a few months ago. And you gave your mock draft before the dra- a week before the draft, and that was a really great episode. So it's great to return the favor and, and be on the Purely Pigskin podcast. Love the alliteration. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I so appreciate you having me on. That was a lot of fun. And I'm more than happy to, to have you on and, and so thankful that you're willing to come on and talk about this great division. As uh, many listeners will now know, I am a big fan of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but you may not know that Alex is a big fan of the New England Patriots. So there might be some fireworks today. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be civil. We love our teams. We banter about pretty good. But this division, Alex, is getting more and more interesting by the day because after 20 years of New England Patriot dominance. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, for so long. (laughs) There's no denying it. Throughout much of that time, unfortunately, there has rarely been a suitor to rise up and fight against that evil empire. You know, they've really (laughs) had their rule of the roost for 20 years. And there's been a couple of good teams here and there, but they've come and gone. And the Patriots have really had their way. But now, now, not only are we looking at a division with teams that are starting to look up in many ways, but we're actually looking at a new division champ coming into this year, that being the Buffalo Bills. Why don't we kick it off here with the Buffalo Bills? They obviously have been on the rise for the last few seasons, at least, kind of under the radar at first, but I think they're at the point now where they're, they're generally seen league-wide as being a real contender and won the division last year, impressively. So they're a pretty complete team all around. And I got to ask you, Alex, are the Bills the new kings of the AFC East, or are they more like stewards that are just holding on to the spot until Belichick can get the troops rallied again? The latter. <laughs> they, they're really good. The Buffalo Bills are really good, and their window to win is is right now. They had a good enough team to be in the Super Bowl last year. I just think they had a bunch of guys who hadn't been on the big stage before. And you saw that against Kansas City in the AFC championship game, kind of deer in headlights. Didn't know how to get it done on the big stage, but they're good enough. They have the talent. They have a tremendous offense. And what's interesting, I think, about them is they have a tremendous offense without any elite running backs. They've got a very... I'd say mediocre set of running backs with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. But what they do have is a bonafide number one superstar wide receiver in Stefan Diggs with Josh Allen, who has emerged suddenly as this amazing dual threat quarterback who initially when he came into the league, he was not an accurate passer of the football, but he has become an accurate passer. It seems like sort of overnight between 
two years ago and, and last year. So the, yeah, they're good enough. I I think their window to win is is now for the next year or two. Certainly biased as a Patriots fan, I think Belichick will figure things out and I think the Patriots will be back. But the Bills, yes, the Bills are the kings of the AFC East right now, but long-term, I'm not so sure. What I'm hearing from you then is that the Bills are just sitting ducks here. No. <laughs> Not this season, but but long-term, long-term they're, I mean, I just, I think it's, of course I'll say this as a Pats fan, but I, I think it's really hard to stay on top. And I think for a team to stay on top of a division for, I mean, as long as the Patriots, I think that only happens. I don't know. It's only maybe two or three teams in the entire NFL who have been that dominant for that stretch of time. And maybe the Patriots are the most dominant for that stretch of time. I'd have to say so. Yeah. But you make a good point about the Bills. They're very well-rounded, very well-coached under Sean McDermott. He's really quietly rose to prominence as a head coach in this league. And he's got that team playing just the way he wants them to. As you mentioned, they have very few question marks. On the defensive side of the ball, You know, they've got that middle linebacker in Tremaine Edmonds who can cover a lot of ground both in the run defense and pass defense. They've got Tredavious White there as one of the top yes. corners in the league. And they've got a lot of underrated guys, quite frankly. Uh, guys like Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, who don't really get a ton of accolades league-wide. Uh, as has often happened in Buffalo, because they're not one of the bigger markets. Because it's Buffalo. That's right. But yeah. uh, they do have these players. And, and you mentioned uh, a couple other guys. You know, Speaking of the, the weapons that they have on offense, I think Stephon Diggs, they really needed that wide receiver one, especially for Josh Allen, that young quarterback coming in and wanting to establish himself. When they pulled off that deal, I mean, that was one of the best trades for both teams. Right, because ever. the the ever one of the, yeah yeah because the Vikings used that pick to get Justin Jefferson and and they didn't miss a beat and the Bills got Diggs who has just cemented his place as one of the best wide receivers in the game and had immediate chemistry with Josh Allen. So to that point, Pete Diggs last year had a career high and league leading marks in targets, so 168 targets in receptions, 127 receptions and receiving yards. 1,535. That's incredible. Just a monster. Yeah. And I and I like the signing of Emmanuel Sanders. He's really an ageless wonder. Didn't quite have a great year with the Saints last year. Wasn't very productive, but that to me was an anomaly. He's produced everywhere he's gone outside of that, and he still can produce at a high level, I think. So I think he brings even more stability in behind Diggs, another option. Uh, they do have question marks at running back, as you mentioned, Singletary Moss. I don't think Singletary is ever going to be the guy there. Moss has a slight chance if he can pick up his game. But ultimately, I think if they want to take that next step and be Super Bowl contenders, they're going to need something from the run game because ultimately, if they can't run the football, you become one-dimensional and teams will be able to scheme for that and ultimately shut you down. Yeah, the Bills are real contenders because Vegas has them as uh, 10 to 1 odds to have the best record in the league. And for Josh Allen specifically, 13 to 1 odds to win MVP. But yeah, they're no, they're absolute contenders. And it pains me to say that, but they're the real deal. And man, it was so hard trying to figure out who's going to win the AFC. We'll get to that later in the podcast with our predictions, but they're right in there for me. Yeah, no doubt they're going to be... Uh, right near the top, right in the thick of things in the playoff race in the AFC. Let's go to the 
bottom of this division, kind of mix it up a little this episode, uh, move to the Jets. So the Jets obviously last year were abysmal. There's no other way to put it. They were terrible, and they couldn't even tank for Trevor Lawrence right. They ended up winning a couple of games late (laughs) and ruining their shot at Trevor Lawrence. That's That's such a Jets thing to do. And they pulled it off like they always do. Now, they ended up with Zach Wilson. And I got to say, I felt they should have kept Sam Darnold and built around him. But that said, I think they did more this offseason to improve their team and to help their quarterback, their new quarterback, Zach Wilson, than they ever did to help Darnold. And their hiring of Robert Sala, the head coach, who was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, I think was a great hire. I think he's going to really bring that defense especially to play. A lot of question marks on offense. I'm not really expecting them to compete this year, but they made some very good steps this offseason. They did. As you said, I mean, I think it was last season they drafted Becton. And this this past draft, they've drafted Elijah Vera Tucker. So the O-line... I mean, it was horrendous, and so they're they're getting better step by step here. But yeah, I mean, it, there's still question marks. I worry for Zach Wilson. He's not the biggest guy. I think the O line's getting better, as I said. But I I just worry that that will still not be a strength of the team. They have a crowded backfield. They've got like four guys potentially in the backfield, and then they've got Jamison Crowder. He had six touchdowns last season which is decent. So good luck to the J-E-T-S's, but they're going to finish fourth. That's almost as close to a certainty as there is in this world, Pete. I'd have to agree with that. Let's stick with uh, Wilson just for a minute here. A couple days ago, Tony Romo came out and said that Wilson has the potential to get to Mahomes' level. Wow. Did you hear that? I didn't hear that. Yeah. So that, I mean, I know this is silly season and it's hot take season. Yeah. But Tony Romo's generally well-respected around the league. And frankly, I think he would know better than to compare a rookie to someone so prominent as Patrick Mahomes. So it kind of makes me think, like, he must really feel strongly about this one after seeing Wilson in, in person that he could reach such heights. I mean, what I've heard about Wilson is, number one, he's got a irrational amount of confidence. And he's a gunslinger, sort of Favre-esque, but maybe without all the interceptions that Favre had. When he was at BYU, he moved the ball down the field. I forget what I was reading, but it was some stat talking about like how aggressive the quarterback was. And he was one of the most aggressive and yet didn't make tons of mistakes. So that's what you want, someone who doesn't get... I mean, I think the point is he's going to get picked off and the Jets are going to lose games. But I don't know if that will rattle him, is my point. He seems to be a guy who's very confident and will inspire his team and lead his team and just keep throwing it even when they're even when they're down. So yeah, I the other thing that I've heard is just his arm is he's he's got a cannon of an arm. So that that's a good pairing. Immense confidence and a very strong arm. So That's a great point. You know, uh, some guys, you know, they throw a few too many interceptions and they get gun shy and they never quite get that confidence back. It weighs heavily upon their shoulders the rest of their career. But you're right. Wilson does have a lot of confidence, at least outwardly. And if he is that confident, you know, maybe a a bad first year won't really affect him like it might affect other quarterbacks. 
Uh, one guy I do have to mention here as well is Elijah Moore, a wide receiver that they drafted at Ole Miss, who follows a rather impressive train of wide receivers out of Ole Miss, uh, most recently uh, that being A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. And I read an article a little while back that included quotes from Metcalf saying that Elijah Moore was better than he was. And uh, so again, incredibly high praise coming from an established now NFL superstar about Elijah Moore. So, you know, with Michael Carter, a lot I'm hearing a lot of good things about him. Some people don't like his size. He's only 5'8". They're not sure if he can carry it, but some people seem to think that he can. I mean, time will tell on that one. But all of a sudden, you know, they're building that O-line. They've got this quarterback now. They've got weapons in the backfield and at wide receiver. I'm, I don't think they're going to do much this year. I'm with you on that. But they have made some really good moves this offseason. What I'm hearing is if you're a Jets fan, there's hope. There's finally hope. It may be meaningless hope that is rooted in nothingness. But you always have hope when you're a Jets fan. <laughs> No, so the Jets, yeah, they've made some good moves, but they're going to need some time, no doubt, to, to turn that season around. So, hey, let's move into our teams here. Maybe we'll start with the Dolphins. Okay. Obviously, I'm very excited as a fan of the Dolphins where this team has been headed the last couple of years. I am a huge fan of Brian Flores. I think he's done a tremendous job. He reminds me of all the the Bill Belichick clones, disciples, guys that have come through New England and, and gone on elsewhere. Other than maybe Mike Vrabel, and maybe even more than Vrabel, I think Flores really epitomizes the f- coaching philosophy that Bill Belichick has, and he's he seems to be able to implement it very well, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Dolphins' defense... I mean, we had some pieces before he came along, but he really brought our defense to life. And now we've got some pieces on the offensive side of the ball, and the Dolphins are looking pretty good. I mean, they're they're in the conversation as far as I'm concerned. Would, would you grant them such a status, or what do you think? Where, oh, where absolutely. They're, they're very exciting. I think on, on, the, on the defensive side of the ball, Xavier Howard, did he lead the league in interceptions last season? Or he was yes, close? Yes, I think he might have been tied. With maybe a Patriot, right? J.C. Jackson? Right. Yeah. They both had 10, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but he just, oh, he was a he was an b- absolute ball hawk for the, for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he's great. I think I agree with everything you said about Flores. I think his character is high that's what everyone says really high character guy mm-hmm. and he doesn't get pushed around by the media he's not as much of a jerk as belichick is in media <laughs> um, scrums i wouldn't necessarily call belichick he, give, he, get, he offers more than belichick he does yeah but um but yeah maybe i mean he he learned from the greatest of all time and i don't think that's just my opinion um bill belichick i would agree yeah is the greatest coach of all time and and so he, yeah, he brings this confidence. So, I mean, we talked about confidence with Zach Wilson, but the confidence that Flores has and the, the way he's able to inspire that confidence throughout his team, that's, that's what he brings to the Dolphins. They think they're going to win. They believe in their coach and believe in his system. And they were, yeah, they were great defensively. So I, I've been hard on Tua. 
I've got another friend who's a huge, huge Dolphins fan also. I was ripping him on Tua because it wasn't a great season last year. And when it came down to crunch time, Fitzpatrick was the quarterback ahead of Tua. And it was ba- it was a back and forth season for Tua. Isn't that right? Didn't yeah. Fitz start the game, one of the games leading into with playoff imp- implications? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... He started the season, then they brought in Tua, yeah. then Tua ended up getting benched a couple of times when the Dolphins were in a, a must-win situation. Right. For, for Fitz, yeah. And they brought in Fitzpatrick, yeah. I mean, so I was hard on him. But then I look at, so Tua, when he did play, he put up good numbers. He had 14 touchdowns to only five picks. Mm-hmm. And he just recovered from, was it hip surgery? Major hip surgery. So yeah. major hip surgery. And so he's even a year removed from that. So he's much healthier this season. He's he's that dual threat quarterback. He's got his legs. He's super elusive. Um, his accuracy is going to keep improving. So yeah. I think Tua will be a very good quarterback. And now that Fitz isn't holding the clipboard or looking over his shoulder and jumping into games, now it's the Tua show. Uh, I think I think he'll play a lot better this year. So he's he's good. I think they brought in more weapons for him. Will Fuller, if Will Fuller can stay on the field for more than two quarters at a time, because he, in terms of fantasy, I don't know if there's a more frustrating wide receiver that I've seen over the last five years than Will Fuller. 100%. He cannot stay healthy, but if he can stay healthy, he's a really good deep threat and a really good weapon for those Dolphins. So Fuller and then Devontae Parker and then the draft pick of Jalen Waddle, who's supposed to be lightning fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, those that's a really good receiving core. So you should be excited as a Dolphins fan, um, especially with your receivers. Yeah, and I think Tua took an opposite approach to what a lot of rookie quarterbacks do. A lot of rookie quarterbacks come in and they think that they can make the throws that they made in college and then realize very quickly that they can't. And they throw a ton of interceptions but then they learn through that and they bring it back a little bit and then they understand better what they're able to do and not able to do. Tua came in and played it conservative right from the start. So you mentioned his low interception rate. Like, that was great. And he had some good games in there. I would say his best game last year was against the Cardinals away. Got into a shootout with Kyler Murray and won. Like, it was a great game. He played fantastic. Led the Dolphins with a couple of key drives. So, yeah, definitely. I still think the jury's out on Tua. I'm very hopeful that obviously he becomes the quarterback that we drafted him to be. But I got to say too, you mentioned Jalen Waddle and the the draft picks this year. I was so excited by, especially the first five picks that the Dolphins made. And I'll just list them off real quick. You mentioned Jalen Waddle, who at the time I thought definitely was the number two, maybe number three wide receiver in the draft back when you had me on the that sports podcast. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah behind Jamar Chase and potentially Devonta Smith, uh, his Alabama teammate. But since then, the more tape I've seen on Waddle and the preseason action that he's had, he looks like a real game changer. Some people are comparing him to Tyreek Hill, that kind of game-breaking speed and ability to turn and on a dime and keep his speed. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. We took Jalen Phillips. We had two first-round picks. We took Jalen Phillips, a defensive end out of Miami, and this guy, I mean, just looking at him, I, I you know, he's got tremendous ability. He's got great size. He's got that great uh, speed-power combination that you look for, especially in a defensive end. I'm really excited to see how the Dolphins use him this year. We took Javon Holland, a safety, a ball-hawking safety out of Oregon, 
And Flores was visibly excited when he made this pick. So I'm all in on the ball hawking secondary. We've already got Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. We've got great nickel corners. So I think the defense is really going to be great. And we took uh, Liam Eikenberg, the tackle at a Notre Dame, because we need help on the O-line. I think that is one of the big questions about the Dolphins. We, we have a very young O-line, and that O-line really needs to come together for us ultimately to have success this year. And then we took a tight end out of Boston College, Hunter Long, who's very underrated, both in his blocking ability and his pass-catching ability. And, of course, we already have Mike Gesicki, but Gesicki's in a contract year. We'll see what he does. He could leave after the season, but I think the Dolphins have covered their bases there with Hunter Long either way. So I'm super pumped about this season. It's going to be so tight. I'm excited about what the Dolphins could potentially do this year. Pete, you've got me reconsidering my wild card picks here <laughs> oh, for the FC. So after that that monologue, <laughs> it was very convincing that the Dolphins will be a playoff team. So I I don't know. I'm still going to think about it, but I'll just let you know. You're, okay. You're Yeah, there's some movement All right. in the old noodle right now. <laughs> well, they are. I Have I said this the last episode? They are right on my bubble. Yeah. It is a tough one. There's a few teams right there, but we will not only be sharing our AFC East picks coming up, uh, folks, but we'll be sharing our full NFL playoff predictions, all 14 teams that we believe will make the playoffs this year. So we'll see, but I'm obviously very hopeful as a Dolphins fan. Let's move on, though, to the Patriots coming off a 7-9. and nine. Hold on. Let me check that. Coming off a, Say that it again. says I, I don't believe it. Coming off a seven and nine season, and let me just lead out with a little trivia for you here, Alex. Okay. When before last year, when was the last time the Patriots had a losing season in the NFL? Nineteen ninety nine. You're close. You're very close. It's actually two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. Which was the first year of Bill Belichick's reign as head coach of the New England Patriots. And understandable, it takes a little time sometimes to build a winner, but obviously look at the juggernaut that Belichick built in New England. So Brady came in in 2001, is that right? He became the starter in 2001. Half, yeah. They, so they won the Super Bowl, is that 2001? So 2001, 2003, 2004. Those were the first three Super Bowls they won. So Brady would have came in in the 2020 or sorry, 2000 season for Bledsoe and then won the Super Bowl in February or whatever of 2001. Yeah, and let's get straight to this, man, because I remember this like it was yesterday. Drew Bledsoe was the unquestioned starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. I think the highest paid quarterback in the league at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. I think so. That would not surprise me. And he was one of the best, obviously, in the league. He did throw some interceptions, but he was the prototypical quarterback. He was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, stood tall in the pocket, had a cannon for an arm. You, you just never would have thought that there would be any QB controversy in New England. Nobody thought that. And frankly, Brady wasn't drafted to be that guy. He was, as we all know, he was drafted in the sixth round. Now, Brady, of course, had other plans, but it still takes a special kind of coach to have the guts to go with a young, unproven quarterback over a guy that was well-established as one of the best in the league. When the chips were down, Belichick decided to go with Brady, and the rest is history. And now, fresh, hot off the press, just a couple of days old, this news is, 
The New England Patriots have cut Cam Newton, and they are going all in once again with a young quarterback, Mac Jones. And I know you love him, so what do you think about all that? I love him. I mean, I watched the most abysmal quarterbacking season of my life last season with Cam Newton, who I think works really hard. I think he's very likable. He's got a contagious personality. He's got charisma. He's got it. He's got all of that. But he couldn't throw the football more than nine yards. And it was the most frustrating thing to watch for a season. And the Patriots didn't have good receivers. I know that. But he couldn't even get them the ball when they were open. Demir Bird and and um, Jacoby Myers, even when they were open, there wasn't even an option of the quarterback getting them the ball. So I am good with this. I am thankful. I am happy. I think the Patriots are much more dangerous with even a rookie quarterback than Cam Newton at this stage of his career. I know he won an MVP 2015. I know he's been a great player in the league, but this uh, version of Cam was not very good. And so I'm all in. Mac Jones is great. I mean, he's got the biggest shoes to fill of anyone ever in the NFL coming after Brady, but he looks a lot like Brady. He plays a similar style of quarterback to Brady. I think that's what Josh McDaniels likes. He doesn't, he's not going to run at all. He's going to be in the pocket. He's going to do a few steps this way, a few steps that way, get out of pressure and deliver the ball accurately and on time to the receivers. And I think Mac, the Mac attack, I think he's actually good. And I'm excited and I'm hopeful and we'll see what happens this year. I think offensively they're okay. I think they've got a good running back in Damian Harris. I think they've got decent receivers, but I think their real strength is on the other side of the football. And that's what's going to make them a threat to make the playoffs this season, Yeah, even this season. And I have to admit, uh, and of course, when I was on your podcast earlier this spring, uh, I, I mocked Mac Jones to the Patriots, and, and it did come to fruition. And I was watching some preseason ball of the Patriots, and I saw Mac Jones throw a back shoulder fade to a wide receiver that was running up the seam, right up the middle of the field. And rookie quarterbacks don't do that, you know. And I yeah. just I, – I saw the play, and my first thought was, ah, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> he's, he's good. good. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me that they just found the next Brady and they're going to be back. You know, unfortunately, and I said this last year because a lot of people were asking, of course, what are the Patriots going to be like without Brady? And I was saying last year, I think they're vulnerable. Yeah. They've still got Belichick, so they're going to be okay as long as Belichick is there. But they are vulnerable because you don't just replace a guy like Tom Brady. It doesn't matter, even for a guy like Belichick, it takes some time, and I thought last year, you know, these guys are going to be vulnerable, and they were. They went 7-9. and nine. But this year, they've got some key defensive starters back in the fold who were took the year off last year due to COVID or other reasons, didn't play. They're back. Their defense is one of the best in the league, and Mac Jones looks like he knows how to get receivers the football, and I hate to say it, but I think the Patriots are back this year. Yeah. You're right about the defense. I mean, getting Dante Hightower back, he was off. He didn't play because of – he volunteered. Well, what was that? Where you could opt out because of COVID, so he didn't play last year. They've got Jalen Mills. They they drafted 
Wait, no, they got him from. Did they draft? Oh, I'm gonna mess. Mills, up. I think they got from Philly. Didn't Philly. They? Okay, that's right. Yeah. So they got Jalen Mills. They still have J.C. Jackson, who, yeah, as we said before, was at the top of the league with with your boy Xavier Howard for interceptions. They got Matt Judon uh, from the Ravens, who's going to put tremendous pressure. He looks phenomenal. I know it's just preseason, but he looks phenomenal. Like he's going to disrupt a lot of offenses. Yeah, and I yeah I think I think the defense gonna is going to be great. The one question mark is. Will Stefan Gilmore get healthy? Because they really need him to be the shutdown guy. He's a phenomenal player. And so he needs to come back and he needs to be a contributing factor for the Pats defense to be truly elite this season. But yeah, the defense is great. Belichick is a mastermind on defense. And I think they'll be one of the top defenses for sure in the league. Yeah, and on, on very uncharacteristically, of course, the Patriots went out and spent a ton of money in free agency. That's right. They brought in Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, Yeah, all on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, the aforementioned Matt Judon, I think, will be a big-time player for them in that defense. So, yeah, I think the Patriots are right there. Let's uh, Let's move into some predictions. Let's start with the division and then move into league-wide predictions here. How do you see this division playing out one to four? Oh, okay. So I've got, I've got the Bills winning. Uh, that's no surprise. I've got, I mean, you, you, your monologue really uh, is working on me here. I think oh, the Dolphins geez. are are gonna be very good. They were, I mean, it was so tough to choose between. I've got the Bills, then I've got the Pats, and then I've got the Dolphins, and then I've got the Jets. So that's what I have. I'll stick with it. But it's close between the Pats and the Dolphins. Like razor close. It may surprise you and some listeners that I have it the exact same way. The AFC East is no pushover anymore. This is a very tough division now with the Bills, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. And who knows, a few years down the road, the Jets maybe even. It's not going to be easy. And I am worried. I am worried that Mac Jones is going to have a better year this year than Tua. And that really is going to be the difference. You're talking two top defenses here. The Bills' defense is also nothing to sneeze at, but they also have the best offense in terms of weapons. With Josh Allen, they have the best young quarterback now that Cam's gone. This division is stuffed full of young quarterbacks that will define this division for years to come. Who are all like... 12 years old yeah early 20s and and i would i would love to think that the dolphins could finish second or even first and and i think there is that potential not just for the dolphins but for the patriots i don't think the bills are a lock to win this division i'm taking them to win the division but it's not a lock the patriots are right there and i think the dolphins are right there it's just going to play out this year i think unfortunately the dolphins will finish behind the patriots but i obviously hope that i'm wrong on that wow i did not see this coming Wow. It's it hurts to say. Let me just get that out there. Maybe let's let's go to our full NFL playoffs here. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Again, I, I guess I'll just continue here. I'm I am going to have the Dolphins to miss out on the playoffs this year. I've got the Chiefs as the one seed, the Bills as the two, the Browns as the three, and the Titans as the four. Those are your four division winners, one through four. And then the wild cards, I have the Steelers finishing five. 
the Patriots six and the Ravens seven. So the Dolphins to miss out, the Colts to miss out, and the Chargers to miss out. Those were my bubble teams, and ultimately none of them get in. Wow. I, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I have an identical field except for the Steelers. So I have I have the Chargers making the playoffs and not the Steelers. All right. But I have the exact same. I've got the Bills, Chiefs, Browns, and Titans winning their division. Divisions and I've got the Pats, Chargers, and Ravens as the wild card teams. I didn't order them. I didn't rank them in order, but those are my seven. All right, that's yeah. I mean, you can make a case for the Chargers for sure. Herbert had a great year last year. Uh, he's got more weapons around him this year, and they they could make a push. Absolutely. I've got Eckler on my fantasy team. That's basically why I chose the Chargers. <laughs> I, I think he's going to be an MVP candidate yeah. this year. I'll take. So. Uh, yeah, Elker looks good. In the NFC, I've got the Packers as the one seed. Rams is the two seed. Bucks is the three. Washington football team is the four. And those are your four division winners. And then I've got uh, the 49ers fifth, Seahawks sixth, and Cowboys seventh to round out the wild card spots. How are you sizing it up there in the NFC? Again, we're only one team of difference here. So I've got the same division winners, and then my wild card teams are the 49ers, Seahawks, and instead of the Cowboys, I have the Carolina Panthers oh, as a wild card. Carolina. So that's my bold, that's my bold prediction that Sam Darnold is going to go to Carolina and actually be a good quarterback. Wow. And they're going to be a wild card team. That's my bold hot take. Wow. Carolina. That I like it. I like the boldness of taking the Carolina Panthers and Zach. Kennedy, who was on with me for episodes three and four, native to North Carolina and a big Panthers fan. He will love that as he's hoping that the Panthers get into the playoffs this year. So there you have it. There's some predictions for you. Uh, I'd love for you to connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, the Facebook group, the Purely Pigskin Podcast. Share your predictions for the upcoming season. Who do you think will make the playoffs? Who's in? Who's out? If you've got any sleeper teams, I would love to hear them. But let's move into some fantasy talk here. Alex, and I know you're into fantasy football. You enjoy it. You've got some drafts going on as it is draft season as we get ever close to the start of the NFL season. And uh, let's start with our two teams here, the Patriots and the Dolphins. There's a lot to talk about here, but what? How do you, how do you see our two teams here in terms of the weapons and who do you see getting the ball and being the benefactor of these systems that we've got going on in New England and Miami respectively here? Basically, the key word that you just said is system. I think both of these teams are very well coached, as we've mentioned, with Belichick and with Flores. I think they run really great systems. And because of that, I don't think they're great fantasy teams. I don't think they produce standout fantasy players. And so what's tough is, also I'll speak about the Patriots here. So I had a draft yesterday, uh, last night, and... I like my team. I've got a solid lineup, but I couldn't help in the later end, later rounds of the draft picking up my Patriots. The one guy I think could have a really great year is Damian Harris. I watched him last season. He was one of the lone bright spots for me. I thought he was an aggressive runner. I thought he ran angrily, sort of reminded me a little bit of a little bit of Marshawn Lynch, just like fought for every yard. I think he's a great back. But the problem with the Patriots is 
and this is also true, I think, of the Dolphins, is they're always they're always running running backs by committee. And so they've got Damian Harris, they have JJ Taylor, they have this fourth round pick, Ramondre Stevenson, who had maybe the best preseason of anybody, might have been preseason MVP. And they also have James White, who's been around forever. And so it's tough, it's tough to start these players. It's tough to even start Damian Harris because you don't know on a given week, based on the matchup, who Belichick and who McDaniels will lean on more in the backfield. So that's tough. I, I just think it's it's not great. I think you told as we were getting ready for this episode, you asked the question, are they fantasy? Are the Dolphins and the Patriots fantasy graveyards? I think that's exactly right. I think it's very tough to start these teams' players in fantasy. I also think that's true with the wide receiver pool in New England. So you've got Jacoby Myers, maybe the one, but you've got Aguilar, you've got Kendrick Bourne, you've got Judon and Henry, if Henry can stay healthy. So it's just, there's so many guys, you don't know who's going to emerge as the fantasy uh, leader on that team. So I, I think it is a, bit of a graveyard i think you were right to to ask that question pete that's that's for my patriots anyway but maybe you can speak to that with your dolphins as well yeah i think it's the same with the dolphins in all honesty and i i think that flores and belichick are really cut from the same cloth and obviously flores is under belichick and cut his teeth under belichick so i think he drew a lot of that from him but he's a fantastic coach and and let's not kid ourselves there's no head coach in the nfl that cares about fantasy football when they're coaching on a Sunday afternoon. However, in some offenses, those offenses are geared to get certain guys a lot of volume. Uh, look no further than Buffalo, right? You, we all know the guy to have in that offense, other than Josh Allen, is Stephon Diggs. That guy's going to see a ton of targets. He's going to get a lot of yards, touchdowns, catches, all that stuff. But in New England and in Miami, it's a much different story. And in Miami, we've got a lot of firepower at the wide receiver position. This might be one of the advantages that Miami has over New England. But we all know that Belichick can scheme guys open, and he'll get different guys the ball. There's no question about that. It's just, will there be one guy in the passing game? I would say if there is one guy, it might actually be the tight end, Johnny Smith, because he's shown a lot in his time in the league. He does a lot on the field, and I could see, especially for Mac Jones, being that safety blanket early on, being a guy that catches a lot of passes in that offense, especially now that Hunter Henry's dealing with an injury. I could really see Johnny Smith doing well this year from a fantasy perspective, but absolutely. I think the Dolphins and the Patriots are very much alike in that regard. Who's to say? I mean, Miami, you got Will Fuller, you've got Jalen Waddell, you've got Devontae Parker, you've got Mike Kosicki. I mean, these guys can all catch, but who's going to get the ball? And are the Dolphins even going to have? But who are you, who are you going to start, right? Who are you going to start in yeah. a fantasy league that's tough? Absolutely. And who can you really count on on a week-to-week basis? That's what you want. You don't want to be chasing to, and guessing and because there's nothing worse than putting a guy in and it turns out the other guy is the guy that has the big week that week. You want to stay away from that in fantasy leagues. So. It's all about consistency, and it's really hard to find consistency under either scheme here, whether you're talking Patriots or Dolphins. It's interesting. I, I listened to the Fantasy Focus football podcast with Matthew Barry and Field Yates and Stefania Bell and Daniel Dopp. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's classic. And one one stat that came up uh, 
was that the Patriots last year had, in terms of target shares, were the highest percentage of throws to the running back, which is just, I, yeah, it was surprising to hear that. But I mean, the reason was, let's be honest, Cam Newton sucked and they didn't have any, they didn't have any like formidable wide receivers other than maybe Jacoby Myers last season. So maybe Bird, Demir Bird. I don't even know where Demir Bird is this season. He's not with the Patriots. Oh, but, I um, knew that and it escapes me right now. Yeah. So, but that's sort of the point that we don't know. But that's why they threw to the running backs. And James White is a master of, of catching out of the backfield. So that's what, that's what, Gives me pause though with Damian Harris. I really want to start him, but I don't know who on a week to week basis who's gonna get the most yeah. targets. And I don't know who's gonna get yeah, the most touches in the backfield. So it's just it's, it's tough to figure out with this team. In terms of fantasy. Yeah. In terms of real football, I don't care. Just win the game. <laughs> but in fantasy, it's a headache. Absolutely. And I, I do think Damian Harris is the running back to have in New England from a fantasy perspective, but even then, if you're in a PPR league, points per reception, he's not involved in the pass game at all, really. He's a tremendous runner, and they're going to run the ball a lot, but he's he's not exactly Derrick Henry. So, yeah. you know, Henry doesn't catch the ball either, but he's just so dominant on the ground. Tons of yards, tons of touchdowns guaranteed in the bank. But you're big on Janu. You think that's the one guy, so he's the one Patriot on my bench. You might start him certain weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I like Janu Smith as a real... Uh, high upside and he's going late in drafts I think because they took Hunter Henry as well in free agency they were assuming that you know and they've done that tight end by committee in the past but I I got to admit I'm not a big fan of Hunter Henry he's had a lot of hype around him his entire career but has never busted out and of course maybe Belichick gets something out of him this year but I think Johnny Smith is the superior talent at tight end and I think that'll come out in the regular season Here's a question, Pete. Who will have a better fantasy season, Jonu Smith or Mike Gusecki? That's a great question. Uh, you know, sometimes you can go towards the guy in a contract year. That's Gusecki. He's in a contract year. Those guys are motivated. Nobody likes to admit it, of course. But when you know your contract's coming up, you got that extra bit of motivation to do well. The problem is that Gusecki... <laughs> As good as he is, he is one of many options yes. uh, out there. And whereas Johnu Smith is, I think, the best option for Mac Jones in the passing game. With due respect to Aguilar and Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, those guys will get some catches. Belichick will scheme them open. Josh McDaniels, they'll find a way to get those guys the ball. But if you're looking for one guy in that offense, I think it's Johnu Smith. And because of that, I would actually rather have Johnny Smith than Mike Kosicki. All right. Pete, you're coming up all Patriots tonight. This is beautiful. I need a win somewhere, buddy. I need a win or on the Dolphins Or you're just buttering somewhere. me up so that when the Dolphins win well, this season, it's all the sweetest. You're just here's what, it's a big scheme yeah. here. <laughs> here's what I'll say. Week one, and you're going to be on with me yes. next episode. Yes. Where, uh, so this will be after week one. We'll be looking back. It's Dolphins-Patriots week one. And I think I do think that the Dolphins have a better shot to win this game. It's Mac Jones's first game in the NFL, yep. first real game, and he's got the Dolphins defense. I think we are going to cause him fits, and uh, unless they can run the ball at us on us to no end, which who knows, maybe they can. I think the Dolphins are going to have the early, early advantage uh, in the Mac Jones 
tenure here. So I am going Dolphins week one over the Patriots, even though I have the Patriots finishing ahead ultimately in the standings. Well, listeners, get ready for some knee-jerk overreactions after one week of football (laughs) next week. I am looking forward to this season, and perhaps this is a good place to end off. Alex, the next time we'll be speaking, man, we will be looking back at week one of the NFL it kicks off on Thursday with the reigning Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys. That's going to be a great game. Should be lots of offense for you fantasy nerds. And you will be with me to recap all the week one action and look forward to week two in the NFL. Alex, thanks so much for being on with me. Tommy Brady, ever heard of him? Thanks, Pete. <laughs> that kid looks like he might have a future. He might be all thanks right. Thanks for coming. See you, See you next week. We'll see. And on that note, folks, we're out of here. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.